This is Wayne Goldsmith, and welcome to Sports Thoughts. I've spent 25 years traveling the world, working with some of the world's best athletes, coaches, and teams, trying to discover what it is that they do, how they think, and what it takes to be the best in sport. Subscribe to our newsletter at wgcoaching.com to keep up to date with my thoughts on sport. Today's Sports Thoughts is a very important one because of all the topics that I present in coaching, this is perhaps the one that really makes the big difference. You know, coaches will often say to me, oh, I'm looking for an edge in my coaching or I'd like to get better in my coaching. This topic is the one topic that if you get it, if you really understand today's Sports Thoughts, It makes such an incredible difference to every element of your coaching. Today's topic is on the mind-body connection and the importance of coaches coaching holistically, of coaching the entire athlete, of coaching the athlete not just as an athlete doing physically remarkable things, but as a human being. When you start out in coaching, when you begin your coaching journey, be that doing a coaching course, attending coaching seminars, reading a book about coaching, spending time with other coaches and learning from them, for most coaches, their first step, their first part of their journey is physiology. They come into coaching and the first things naturally that they see are physiology and physical capabilities. Why? Because I can see them. I can see them, I can count them, I can measure them. I can count the number of laps that an athlete might do in a warm-up or I can count the number of passes that they execute when they're learning skill or I can measure their heart rate or I can do a blood test. Physiology is at that cornerstone right at the beginning when you learn about coaching, when you go to a coaching course, when you go to a coaching convention, so much is about what you can see, what you can feel, what you can buy, what you can measure, even what you can download. Physiology is so much about those measurable things. And it's natural enough in the early stages of coaching, you want to know how much of this, how much of that, when do you train that, when do you work on this. You want to understand those things because you can see them. And so as a result, so much of the early stages of coach development are on things like heart rate, exercise science, mitochondria, ATP, CP, all those things are so much a part of those early stages of coaching learning. But when you think about it and you think about the experiences that you've enjoyed in sport as a parent, as a coach, as an athlete, as someone involved in sport, who's someone read about sport, who's someone has seen great sports people in different capacities, quite often the things that they identify, the things perhaps you yourself know intuitively are the most important are the things that you can't see that are difficult to measure, that are hard to quantify. The things that have the greatest value, if you like, in sport are quite often those things that on first glance don't have any physical, easy-to-measure nature. They're the intangible things, the immeasurable things. And when I talk to coaches who have had great success over a long period of time, 
There's no doubt, of course, they understand the physical qualities of athletes in their sport. They understand the physiology of tennis or football or cricket or golf or rugby or swimming or so. They obviously, successful coaches obviously understand and can apply physiology at the right time, the right way with the right athletes. Of course they do. But the coaches who have been successful over a long period of time quite often identify those immeasurable, intangible aspects of coaching as being the most important. That then leads us to a real problem because I can coach agility, I can coach speed, I can coach strength, I can coach skill, I can coach game strategy, I can coach endurance, I can coach all those physiological qualities quite easily. All the research on endurance training and speed training and power training has been done for the last 50 years and it's easy to find online in books, attending seminars on YouTube and so on. The difficulty that most coaches find is that when I start talking about your need to learn how to coach the things you can't see, the things you can't measure, the less tangible things, it can become quite a difficult concept. But if you can make this jump, coaches, if you can understand this and make this jump, this changes your coaching considerably. The first step towards understanding how to coach the immeasurables, the intangibles, the difficult to see, is understanding that everything is connected. There is nothing physically that you do or your athletes do that doesn't have a mental or emotional component. Everything you do physically has a mental and emotional component. One of the things that drives me completely bonkers is when I see coaches and coach developers present information in an isolated single discipline perspective. It's either the body or the mind. It's either technique and skill or it's biomechanics. It's either nutrition or it's psychology. In reality, everything is connected all the time. What I see with most coaches is they write their training programs down in a book or they do it online or on their phone or up on a whiteboard and they focus on the tangible, obvious aspects of writing a training session or writing a workout, designing a practice. And those three variables, the big three we call them in physiology, volume, intensity and frequency. Volume, intensity and frequency. Volume, how much you do. Intensity, how hard you do it if you like, to what level of intensity you perform it at, and frequency, how often you do it. And quite often what we see coaches do is they'll write a training session on a board or they'll put it online, they'll communicate it down, they'll write it in their training diary, they'll write it down and you'll see things like, well, we're going to do 10 of these at 75% intensity and we'll do it every two minutes. And That's a core coaching skill, understanding that manipulation, that variation in volume, intensity and frequency. The problem with that is all of that is about measurable physical and physiological capabilities. It's all about the physical. While the athletes are executing the volume, intensity and frequency of your training session, there's still multiple emotional and mental elements going on. One of the simplest is engagement. We know that when athletes are engaged, and my definition of engagement is when an athlete gives you more than could reasonably be expected, so you reasonably expect them uh, 
to do the training session to perform the practice within the volume, intensity and frequency guidelines that you've written on the board or designed in your practice session. So they will do the volume intensity, they'll do the training session that you've asked them to do. But we know that athletes who are engaged with their training do it better. Those who are thinking about, focused on their training, thinking about how they can do it better. I often call it the what if, where most athletes will perform the volume, intensity and frequency. They'll do the physiology but the athletes are engaged will say, well, what if I did one more of those? What if I did two more of those? What about if I went a little bit faster? What about if I held my hand at that hand in that angle instead of that angle? I wonder what would happen when athletes are asking questions of themselves on how they can perform that volume, intensity, frequency better. We know they're engaged in the work. This comes back to a very simple, very basic, but very, very important concept which I call content intent. Content intent. When you design a training session, a practice session, a workout, whatever you want to refer to it as, when a coach designs a training session, a practice session, you design it with the science of your sport in mind. If I'm an athletics coach, I'm designing a training session based on the science of what I've learned that training session needs to look like. I might be trying to design a training session which is focused on endurance development. And that might be my volume, intensity, frequency variables might be I'm going to run 400 metre laps, so one lap of a 400 metre track. Intensity level at 60, 70, 75% intensity, depending on your philosophies on exercise intensity. And my frequency could be every two minutes, every two and a half minutes, every three minutes. So my volume intensity frequency that I write down might be 10 times 400 meters at 75% intensity on a time cycle, a repeat cycle of two minutes, two and a half minutes means every two minutes, two and a half minutes, I'm going to do another 400 meters volume intensity frequency in a nice little exercise prescription in a nice little package. And the majority of coaches do that. And that's the science of sport. That's the science of athletics. That's the science of your sport. And we've all got the science of our sport. And that is the content of your work. But this is important. Whenever you write the content of a training session, you write the content with the underlying assumption the athlete will perform your content with the intent with which it was written. You write the content, you design your practice session, you build the content, the volume, intensity, frequency of your workout, the content of your workout, the science of your sport, you do that with the underlying assumption that your athletes will perform that with the intent with which it was written. And the intent element is the critical aspect of sport because the intent is where the art of coaching comes into it. My definition of coaching, very simple. Coaching is the art of inspiring change through emotional connection. Anyone can be a trainer. Anyone can be an exercise prescriber. The art form, which is coaching, is the art of connecting with athletes inspiring athletes, engaging with athletes, and in doing so, have them inspired to be all that they can be. And it's the science of sport, the volume, intensity, frequency, combined with the art of coaching that makes coaches and athletes successful. Over the years, I've had a chance to work with many, many great 
coaches and athletes. There's a story of working with a coach called John Carew. He was an Australian swimming coach who coached one of our greatest of all time long distance swimmers, Kieran Perkins, who won the 1500 metres gold medal in the 1992 and 1996 Olympic Games. He was also a world record holder, over 400, 800 and 1500 metres, an exceptional athlete. And very on in my own coaching, I attended a seminar where Coach Carew stood up and started to talk about the preparation of this great athlete. And he said, every Wednesday, we do the same training session. And he wrote on the board the training session that they did. And every coach in the room naturally wrote it down because they thought the volume intensity frequency, they thought that the content, they thought that the training session, the exercise prescription was the key to success. And naturally, they all wrote it down. These days, of course, they just take a photo of the whiteboard. But Coach Carew then stopped and he turned and he looked at the audience and he said, put your hand up if you wrote down what I just put on the board. And of course, all the hands went up. And he said, I want to ask you a question. He said to the audience, if I'm so good, where's the rest of them? If I'm so good, where's the rest of them? And he went on to say that every member of that squad, every member of that team did the same content. They all did the same volume, intensity and frequency. They all did the same workout, the same practice session. And he said to the coaches who'd gathered to learn from this great guy, he said to them, if the workout was the key, they would all be in the Olympic team or they would all be exceptional. But he's the only one. He said, why is he the only one? Well, again, coaches keep going back to what they can see. And they said, well, because he's the most talented. Coach Carew replied, I don't know whether or not he's the most talented. But what I know is he's the one who trains the way that I believe athletes should train. He said, because even though the training session looks like that, he said, Kieran, the two-time Olympic gold medalist, the multiple world record holder, he said he challenges himself to ensure that you're not just doing the workout, but you're getting everything you possibly can out of that training session. He sets little goals and little challenges for himself within the workout structure. He asks more of himself in completing the workout than anybody else does. Coach Carew then said, with a very broad smile, which I never forget to this day, he said, the reason he is so good is because of him. And it was a stunning moment because so many coaches believe that the key to success is understanding the physiology, that the key to success is finding a successful coach or a team or a great program and writing down what they did and copying it. But what I've learned from great coaches like Coach Carew and so many other great coaches in rugby, in football, in tennis and many other sports where I've worked around the world is it's the art of coaching that makes the science work the way that it's supposed to. You know, a lot of people will say, oh, you know, is coaching an art or a science? It's both and it's both continuously. It's both all the time. 
It's an art and it's a science. And it's the art of coaching which makes the science so effective. It's the art of coaching. That then says to me, how do we improve coaches with the art of coaching? You know, I'm over the belief now the science is the science of coaching is not the edge that it used to be. And the reason is this. Anyone can get anything, anywhere, anytime for free. You can find out all the science of your sport on your mobile phone, while you're sitting on a train on the way to work, while you're lying in bed at night, while you're sitting relaxing, while you're doing the lawn mowing, you can get direct access to some of the greatest sports science minds in the world directly and immediately on your phone and mostly for free. That information is well known. I'm of the belief that there are no secrets in sport, that everyone knows what you know. Everyone knows the content that you know. Everyone knows the science that you know. Everyone knows the workouts, the gym programs. Everyone knows what you know. There are no secrets. The advantage in coaching is now in the art of coaching. And the art of coaching is simply this. The art of coaching is you and how you coach and how you connect and how you inspire and how you engage the hearts and minds and spirits, if you like, of the athletes that you coach. The art is the critical difference between good coaching and great coaching, between successful coaching and outstanding coaching. The art is now the difference. So how do you develop the art? First of all, ask yourself, why do I coach? Understand why it is that you coach. What is your motivation for coaching? I often do this in my workshops and seminars. The first thing we do isn't physiology, isn't energy systems, isn't how to measure VO2 max. The first thing we do in coaching seminars now is helping coaches to understand their motivation, their drive for coaching. Why do they coach? Because once they understand why it is they coach, that simple but so important piece of information underpins all the coaching they do for the rest of their coaching career. There's a very famous rugby coach who says this, what you take into coaching is what you'll take out. And he goes on to say that during the course of your actual coaching career, you'll develop knowledge and skills of all the science You'll get better at the physiology and the biomechanics and the nutrition and the psychology. You'll learn all that stuff. But who you are, what you take into coaching, which for most people is early 20s up to 60, 70 years of age that I've found in some cases, what you take into coaching, who you are as a human being, your motivation for doing things, your passion for life, the way you communicate so much of who you are is what's going to carry you through the success of your coaching. So the first step we do is to understand why you coach. What's your motivation for coaching? And be honest and think about what that actually is. That's the first step. The second step then is to master the art of connecting with, listening to and understanding other people. Coaching previously as we like to say in the old days, coaching was about imposing the will of the coach or the philosophy of the coach or the ambition of the coach on the athletes, regardless of what they wanted and regardless of what they were motivated to be there for their training, 
they're practising for their performance. What I encourage coaches to do now is to spend time to get to know their athletes, to understand the athlete's motivation for being there, to listen to the athletes, to build a relationship with the athlete, to understand what it is they're looking for. There's a great example. I've been to many, many what I call motivation sessions, and I do a lot of them, where people ring me up and ask me to come in and talk to a large group about doing something extraordinary or believing in each other or selling a theme about excellence or winning. And we see those people on TV all the time. We see them selling their DVDs and selling their learning tapes and leadership programs and so on. Doing motivation talks does not work. And the reason is this. Most people stand up in front of a group and try to talk about a single theme that they want to talk about. I want to talk about excellence. I want to talk about attitude. I want to talk about leadership. I want to talk about winning. That's what I want to talk about. In that audience, I may be talking to two or three athletes who have only come along because mum and dad have made them come. I might be talking to a few athletes that are there because they want to get fit, get in good shape and sports the avenue, but they're not that excited about it. There may be two or three athletes that are there purely because their friends come. And of course, there may be in that team, there may be in that group, one or two athletes who want to be exceptional, who want to be extraordinary, who want to be the best. And if I stand in front of a large group of kids and I talk to all of them about winning and excellence, I'm only really talking to two of them because that's why they're motivated to be there. Now, coaching is very much about understanding the athletes. I can have the volume, intensity, and frequency absolutely perfect. I could have learned all my sports science. I could have done a master's degree in physiology. I could be brilliant at periodization. But unless I have a relationship with, I connect with, I inspire the athletes, the physiology doesn't work the way that it's intended to work. The content is right, but the intent is not right. Now, that doesn't mean That doesn't mean that coaching athletes now is about shortcuts or taking it easy or not being challenging and demanding on the athletes who want to be successful. Of course, a lot of coaches will say, oh, Wayne, you're talking about going easy here or defining a soft way of success. No, this is a better way because coaching with engagement, coaching by connection, coaching by building a relationship means that the athlete feels that they are respected that they have a working relationship with their coach. They feel that their motivation is being listened to. They feel that they're part of a partnership to help them be all that they want to be. And the upshot of that is the athlete works harder, the athlete gives more of themselves, they're more focused on their recovery, the athlete becomes more engaged, connected and owns the program to a higher level And it's the most powerful element of coaching that we know. Coaches, if you want to be a good coach, buy a book, go to courses, go online, learn all you can about the science of your sport. Learn all about technique, about biomechanics and nutrition, psychology. 
Learn all about, all about the volume, intensity, frequency. Learn all about strength training. Learn all about those amazing scientific concepts and principles that are available for you online, in courses, on books, learning from other professionals and so on. If you want to be a good coach, absolutely, you've got to learn that stuff. But if you want to be an exceptional coach, if you want to be a coach that makes a difference, if you want to be a coach that connects with the hearts and minds of your athletes and in doing so, see them connect with, engage with and own their own program. If you want to be that coach, it begins and ends with you as a human being. It begins and ends with your capability to build effective relationships with other people. It begins and ends with your ability to listen to and understand the athletes in your program. We are long past the day where anyone's going to come up with some miracle, blindingly different new piece of physiology that we didn't understand. We have known for almost a century now how to improve endurance. We've known for many, many years how to improve speed, agility. We've learned so much about the human body. We understand physiology. It's not the new frontier. Coaching is now about people. It's about holistically working and connecting with other human beings. It's about understanding other people. It's about building powerful, strong, effective relationships with athletes. Coaching is now a beautiful, pure art form where human beings working together in powerful relationships are capable of achieving anything. So my challenge to you is this, as a coach listening to this podcast, look at your training program. Look at your practice that you're going to do this afternoon, tomorrow morning, this weekend, tomorrow night. Look at your next training session and challenge yourself on this. How much of what I've just written down is science and how much of it is art? How much that's on that page of my next practice session or I've written on my online training program, how much of that is science and how much of that is art? And if there's only science, I'm sure you'll do a great job. But if you want to do an exceptional job, there'll also be a strong element of the art of coaching. That could quite simply be next to the physiology in red writing or in red text, you write a word like relaxation or concentration, or focus, or engagement, or talk with athletes, right next to where you have the physiology, where you have the science, put something that says, this is how I will also focus on the art. This is how I will incorporate the mind with the body. This is how I will coach holistically at my next workout. The art of coaching is the driving force of success for coaches for the future. Understand why you coach, understand your motivation for coaching, put the relationship between you and your athletes first and foremost in every environment and include an element of the art of coaching in every physical activity, every practice session, every workout you do and you will become an extraordinary coach. This is Wayne Goldsmith for Sports Thoughts. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to hear more sports thoughts, subscribe to our newsletter at wgcoaching.com.